Hey, what's up and welcome back to the Heading for Home podcast. Today's episode is a special one. Our guest is former minor leaguer Ron Shelton, who happens to be the writer-director of Bull Durham, Tin Cup, White Men Can't Jump, and Cobb, among others. You know, he's a guy that, you know, so many of us respect and, and love just from our time growing up and watching Bull Durham, and we'll talk a lot about that and some great stories from, from the filming, but also his minor league career and how, you know, that got adapted into, you know, the screenplay for Bull Durham. And, you know, one of those things that we love the movie is baseball players because it's so realistic, something that we all kind of lived in the minor leagues. And, you know, for him to kind of bring that to the screen, you know, he really does it right and does it well. So um, hope you enjoy this one. Like I said, super special episode. We got to record in the Kennedy Marshall offices in Santa Monica and uh, you know, one of those that we won't forget anytime soon. So thanks so much. When people ask me, what was it like? Some things haven't changed. I said, most guys, if you get make it to the professional ranks, especially move up to double A, triple A, if you can't hit a fastball, you're not going to be there. Yeah, for sure. I hit fastballs if I guess fastballs. Yeah. Sometimes you got them, sometimes you didn't. Yep. I could hit a curveball if it was off speed if it didn't completely fool you. Yeah. But that nasty late breaking hard No, stuff, I know, right? It's like, what? And that's what he throws from this and that. Everything, yeah, yeah. And it's a cutter, it's a slider, yeah. it's even the you know a curveball sharp. I mean, I, you got no chance. That's, I, I watch that and I'm like, God bless hitters, because you're facing that guy. I mean, it's it's got to be a pure guess. Well, I yeah, I said this recently. Somebody said, "What? And what would you do different if you went back and you were now 20 years old again?" I yeah. Said, well, I would have guessed a lot more. Oh, interesting. Because Hank Aaron was interviewed late in life he said oh I guessed every time oh really it was a guess hit okay worked out pretty good yeah, yeah exactly right <laughs> so, guess till two strikes yeah of course then you but just guess competed with, yeah guess with one strike well that's I mean we were talking about this earlier but that's the difference in the game now he would with two strikes he would compete back then now two strikes you take the same swing as if it was oh oh two oh like yeah. it doesn't matter and you know, you, go, you feel like Put a few more balls in play, you probably get a few more hits. But. I I agree with that, but I'm I'm an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> I have some of those tendencies too. I have a little old school feeling. Um, and so you still follow the Dodgers a little bit. I follow the Dodgers because they're the local team. Yeah. I, I believe in following the local team wherever yeah. you are. Yeah. Makes sense. No, I, I'm I'm with you. And so your son's playing too, and and you can pass the love of the game on from him. And he's playing in high school right now. Junior in high school, catching, and uh, it's great. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, that. So I have two little guys, and I'm hoping one of them just plays a little ball. Like I'll I'll be thrilled if they do. Just yeah. get to pass on the the little knowledge I have. But but I think you know the biggest thing for me is I want to hear your baseball story. You know I. Obviously, watch the movies, and, and I'm sure there's some some parallels there. But you know, how did it start for you? Obviously, you know, Santa Barbara guy. You know, when did it start? Well, I was a little guy in high school. I mean, I was the last guy in high school anybody would have thought would have a professional life and or be playing against D1 teams. I mean, yeah. I was the little scrappy shortstop who uh, at Santa Barbara High School, which a really good sports tradition. You know, I mean. Eddie Matthews. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesse Orozco. Yeah, yeah. Most pitching appearances in the history of baseball. Yeah, no, no, he was, he was uh, great. How about Sam Cunningham? How about Randall Cunningham? How oh, about, I didn't know that. How about Al Geiberger? How about, uh, how about Jamal Wilkes? Oh, wow. I mean, so, uh, nice. we grew up with that. Yeah. So, to be a shortstop, starting shortstop as a junior on the high school team, was, you know, was meaningful. But I, I was little, and I choked up about two inches <laughs> and I hit 500 all singles there you go and I crowded the plate and I just said well <laughs> I'm gonna put the ball in yeah plate. and I sprayed it all over yeah and I did that for two years but nobody would have thought this is college material yeah. pro and then between my senior year in high school and my freshman year of college I, I suddenly was 6'1 180 yeah I mean, I don't know, like in four months that's that's awesome and now I was a third baseman in college at Westmore College and suddenly scouts were saying, we like this guy. Yeah. And I did, you know, I sort of warning track power my whole life. <laughs> so uh, uh, my sophomore year in college, the Angels were going to draft me. And I said I wanted to finish college, which 
stupid or not stupid, I, I, I was also sort of the basketball guy. Yeah. And I thought, well, I finished college, I'll be better and everything, but probably if I'd have signed two years earlier, it might have helped. Yes. Yeah. But I signed as a senior at, uh, as a free agent. And uh, at LAX, I signed a contract for $500 a oh, month. Oh, wow. And they put me on three planes <laughs> to, to Bluefield, West Virginia, in yeah. the rookie Appalachian League. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you play in that I one? I did not play in that one. I went to, my first one was the New York Penn League because I was a college yeah. guy, and that's where they put me. But, yeah, no, I know the Appy League. I've heard all about it. <laughs> yeah. So from Santa Barbara to Bluefield, West Virginia, I'm writing a book about this, by the way, okay. called The Church of Baseball for enough publishing that I'm halfway through. Beautiful. I can't um, wait. About all of this and how my life turned into that movie. Yeah. Um, but I go from Santa Barbara, one of the most beautiful cities on the planet, <laughs> to uh, a town in the heart of cold country where there are desperately sad men who've lost their legs and they're on little carts begging for money, pushing themselves around oh and they have gosh. signs that they have black lung disease. And that was a shock. Yeah. And and there were other shocks quickly to come of the racism that was overt yeah, in the yeah, South. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, different. Um, which I had seen in a certain way. I was always the minority on the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At that level. <laughs> My mother went to high school with Jackie Robinson at, yeah. at Muir High School in Pasadena. So okay. it was a different... I mean, yeah. it, things I had read about now were right in front of me. Yeah. And shocking. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, especially you're, you're coming from California. You know, this is something you've grown up with. Yeah. It's just not that way out there. Yeah. So... Um, so I land in Bluefield, and uh, a lot of good Bluefield stories. Um, I don't know how much time we have. As, as much as you want. Well, I got to Bluefield, and um, I thought, you know, I'd signed a contract with the Orioles. I'd, I'd made the team. I got there, and at 7 in the morning, I was on flights all night. Yeah. And the season started the next day, and I realized... I went to the ballpark like at 8 in the morning without sleeping, and there was like 50 guys and only 25 roster spots. And I thought, oh, wow. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, and the season started the next day on the road. And the manager was the first-time manager, Joe Altabelli. Okay. Kind of a... Yeah, that's... that's, kind that's of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in his mid to late 30s, and Joe, who just died, by the way, yeah. stayed in touch with throughout his life. And so I'm thinking, I haven't made this team. And there's 25, 50 guys, and there's three guys per locker. Oh, gosh. And there's three big nails in each locker. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And so we worked out all morning. We worked out all afternoon. We had those heavy wool hand-me-down uniforms from the major leagues. Yep. You know, and you could still see the minor, the, the spring training number underneath it. There was like 138. <laughs> and that night we played a game against the Tennessee College All Stars. Okay. And Al Tavelli said to everybody who just got in that day, go on back to the hotel. And I realized, well, I'm going to a hotel. I'm not going to have a chance to be on the roster for tomorrow. Yeah. And I said, I'm not going to, I'll stay. Yeah. So I stayed in the, and sat in the dugout. And there are, uh, uh, there's another story. When we're taking infield, he said, what position are you? So he didn't even know what I played. Yeah. I was a third baseman in college. Mm -hmm. And a shortstop in high school. And I look out, and there's three guys taking infield at, at third, and one at short, and three at second. And I said, I'm a shortstop. There's yeah. only one guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. You only got to beat one. And that guy hurt his ankle oh, in wow. the eighth inning. Okay. In the, in the ninth inning. And, and Joe turns around, I jump in front of him, and he says, get out there. <laughs> and the first guy, you know this, the first guy had a line drive to my right, and I made a diving shorthand play, got up and threw him out. It, it was those kind of spectacular plays that are actually easy. Yeah. Look better than they are, but yeah, you're well, doing it your whole life. Great, yeah. they're great, but they're reaction plays. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't make it, nobody notices. Yeah, of course, it's a hit. Much harder is the ball off the end of the bat that hits the edge of the grass yeah. and it's squirming and you can't. Those are the hard plays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but how funny is it? Of, of course, in baseball sense, like 
you get in there and of course the first balls hit right at you like or you know it's better i've died yeah, yeah yeah exactly and then the bottom of the inning and by the way we're losing two to nothing and joe is really pissed off because you know we're supposed to be professional we're losing yeah, to we're a college, college guys team. and now i am so tired in the bottom of the inning uh we get the bases loaded, two outs, and of course I come up, and yeah. the guy throws two strikes right away. Yeah. Now, he was a lefty, he didn't have anything, I promise you. Okay. But the lights were terrible, and I haven't slept in 36 <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah. And I'm just saying, just don't throw some curveball, breaking ball that, that nips the plate that I don't want to, you know, just, yeah. And he throws one down the pipe, and I triple in three runs, I'm the starting second base, shortstop the next day. For sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, that could have all happened differently, but it yeah. happened like that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And two weeks later, I was moved up to the Cal League. Oh, wow, okay. And so what uh, Cal League back then, which team were Stockton. you? Stockton. Stockton, okay, I played there. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have a good outing, but I remember it well, yeah. It's a real pitcher's park. It yeah. used to be. I don't know what it is now. It's, it's brand new. Oh, yeah. I've been to that one. Yeah. They had a reunion of our team that won the championship. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, nice. It's a nice, yeah, it was funky before. So what was the Cal League like? Back then, <clears throat> um, hot, hot, yeah. Until I played in the Texas League, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was really right. hot. Yeah, uh, it was Modesto, Bakersfield, Visalia, San Jose, Reno. Yeah, Reno, Reno. Oh, interesting. We love Reno. Oh it's yeah, of course, right? Five thousand feet. It yeah, was a mile yeah, high. exactly. The infield was like a brickyard. <laughs> Everybody hit three eighty. Yeah, Reno. exactly. Pitchers hated it, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love Reno. Uh, and you know you get the dollar ninety nine breakfast at the losers breakfast at the, at the <laughs> casino. <laughs> casino. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah three dollars a day meal money in Abel. Okay. And even back then that didn't go anywhere. No, no, of course, yeah, yeah. Because of course the first dance at the uh, strip club. Took yeah, that, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and that's the funny thing about baseball is that everybody feels like you know the the ball players go home after the game and you know they're getting ready for the next night and it's like. It's quite the opposite. Like you're just trying to th get rid of that day at the park as quickly, you know, especially an 0 for four or a bad outing. It's like, how do I get to get back to baseline, so to speak? So no, that's I mean that's that's what I'll say this: the Bull Durham scene where Crash is in the in the booth, you know, Annie's talking to Max Packin. That brought me back as much as any. Just like that, like I missed that, you know, guy just enjoying his drink. In a bar, trying to get rid of the game, yeah. and that's kind of love that. Well, that's why I started drinking because I never, I never had to drink in college. Okay. Not a beer. My my family didn't drink. It took me about three days for baseball yeah, to start exactly. drinking. Exactly. <laughs> and what was the drink of choice? Well, it was whatever was cheap. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, what you could afford. Beer and if I really splurged, to be a Jack Daniels. Yeah. And then I later, uh, you know, went to. Or sort of fancy single malt scotches and in my dotage to gin martinis, but um, that's still my two drinks. It's either a gin night or a scotch night. Nice, beautiful. I like <laughs> it. I like it. So, uh, so you go through the Cal League, and then well, you're I, yeah, I got hurt in the Cal League in the second year. My first full year in the Cal League, I, I broke my hand, and after a guy, a pitcher, damn pitcher, yeah, like I you, know. I'm sorry. Didn't slide into second when he should have on a force play. And he started to slide and he came in, and I went to, to tag him, and it wasn't a force play. And and then he stands up, and the back of my hand hit his, my left, my right hand hit his knee. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. And then so I had a cast, and three weeks later, and then I realized they gave my unit, my number to another guy, Tommy <laughs> Keys from Florida State. So three weeks later, I cut the cast off and showed up at the game and said, I'm good to go. <laughs> so they put me back in. And then a week later, the GM comes and says, hey, I just got a call from the doctor. He says, you're due in for a checkup. And I he says, you've been playing for a week. I said, yeah, it was, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So that was also minor league stuff. There wasn't even a trainer no, in the ball. You didn't get a trainer to your double A. Really? No trainer. <laughs> So you're just you're out on an island. Rub like, a, rub some dirt on it. Yeah, old joke. get back in there. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> there's something to that. Yeah, there is something to that. There's also yeah. something not to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah. Yeah, so I yeah, and then I got back in the lineup and tore all the ligaments in my knee in a collision at first base, and uh, so that second year was a bust, and then the next year I came back again and I had my best year on the minors. 
I hit. We won the California League, and I led the league in a few things. And beautiful. And and was invited to Florida Instruction League, which was an honor. There was yeah. twenty five guys, and I hit over three hundred in Florida uh, Clearwater. Nice. So I jumped from A ball to AAA, which was a big jump. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's Rochester. Rochester. And then I went down to AA because a guy got hurt. And I could play every day. And then the next year, I went back to Rochester. And we had this fabulous team. And who was on that team? Well, Gretchen Baylor and Johnny Oates, who later <laughs> caught for the, in the majors and managed. Yeah, managed, yeah. Yeah, and died sadly too young. Um, we had Warwick Harrison, we had Mike Ferraro, we had, uh, we were loaded, uh, pa uh, Terry Crowley, Rich Coggins, who later was the center fielder for the Yankees. Um, it was just a team of, it, it was a team of great, tough, hard-nosed guys who had a lot of fun together and yeah. played really hard and just beat the heck out of everybody. <laughs> And that's what I go back to whenever, like, you know, that's the whole reason we started this thing is like, that's what I miss the most. Like that, you know, like you mentioned, hard-nosed guys play together, love being around each other, you know, the locker room, you know, the, going to the bar after as a group. Like, that's what I miss the most, and that's special. Yeah, the, the locker room, I, I was, you know, when all this really profane stuff about women, and then it was being defended as locker room talk, I, I, I got in front of some friends, I said, Locker rooms don't talk like that. I yeah. promise you. Yeah. Locker rooms. I, I was never in a locker room that was that taught that taught talked nastily about women. Yeah. Locker rooms. I mean, guys usually are self-effacing. They talk yeah. about their failures, how bad they were in bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how ill-equipped they were for the occasion. <laughs> yeah. How, you know, they're 0 for 14 and they're suicidal. Yeah, oh yeah. And, you know, and and, and if, you know, you're called a jughead and you're a pizza head, you know. I mean, the, the, the locker rooms are liberating to me. Yeah. They are actually not, at least the ones I was in, sort of this snake pit of, uh, this cesspool of sexism. No, uh, I would agree. They, yeah. uh, so, uh, I thought the locker rooms were one of the healthiest places I ever was. Well, and it's the place that kept you accountable, right? If you started getting too big for your britches, man, you were brought back to earth before you could even, you know, <laughs> yeah, think about it. Yeah, the, exactly right. There was something very healthy about the insult in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, old, the old expression, the metaphor, well, you know, we're all naked together. It's actually true in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. And it's true in the sense of, if you're on a, if you're going bad, everybody feels for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. there is huge sympathy for yeah. a pitcher who's had Can't three get bad out. outings, yeah. and a guy who's struggling at the plate. Why? Because we've all been there. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and the truth is, if you go four for four, guys will be on you. That, that one of those hits was cheap. And, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, Give yeah. it to me. I lined out yesterday. You didn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you told me it was going to even out. No, I know that's well, and that and that's again back to the great thing, and that's the thing that we miss. So, so it, so you're moving on. You're in AAA. You're in Double A. At what point is this? I mean, do you think you're going to make it at this point to the big leagues, or, or where are you at mentally? Well, I know I'm, I'm borderline. Yeah. Um, but the thing, I don't. I know I'm never getting there with the Orioles. Yeah. I mean, they're no, just, I know they were loaded. Yeah, they're just loaded. And yeah. they're trading guy. I mean, Mike Ferraro, who's just a little bit of Crash Davidson, was our third baseman. He was four year in a row International League All Star third baseman. <laughs> he was backup to Brooks Robbins. Yeah, of course. What are you going to do? And they wanted him to play every day to be sharp. Yeah. In case Brooks got hurt, he'd be ready rather than sit on the bench in Baltimore. Yeah. So he didn't get a chance to the big leagues team. He was like 32 with an expansion team, and it was too late. Yeah. Um, so, and Farrell hit 300. He's yeah. in ball four. He hit 440 in, in for the, I think, for the pilots. Oh, my gosh. In spring training <laughs> oh somewhere. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, got traded. So, you know, uh, at any rate, or he came down to Rochester at that yeah. point somewhere. So, uh, I, I, you know, what I'm thinking is, and you, you know this is true. When you, when you sign, especially the higher you go, most of the guys are really good players who have similar 
skill sets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, each of us had something we were better at than other things. Yeah. Um, uh, and we're better than, you know, most of the college guys. This is the best of the college guys yep. or the best of the high school JC guys. For sure. Three or four years later. Yeah. And so the ones that make it, and some that go to the Hall of Fame become all-time greats, are the ones that just mentally have some way of dialing in and getting the most sure. out of their talent. Yeah, for sure. You know, and um, then there's a handful of guys that, you know, the equivalent of the wide receiver runs 4-2. Yeah, yeah, they're just, no matter what like, they do, they're going to be successful. <laughs> yeah. What is that? that yeah. Or, you know, there's there's the pitchers, there's the, you know, uh, some guy that just throws the ball through a brick wall. Yeah. And has nasty. So there's a handful of those guys. But a lot of those guys won't make it because a lot of those don't have the mental thing. Mm -hmm. I agree. Or yeah. they get hurt. Or they get hurt, yeah. I mean, people will ask me, who's the best you ever played? I mean, three guys that got hurt, you never heard of them. Yeah, yeah. They had stuff that was unhittable. Yeah. <laughs> they got hurt and able. You, you, you bring that up, and I immediately go to a kid that I played with, 19-year-old, hitting 100, back when 100 was 100, not like now yeah. where everybody throws 100. And 19 years old, and had this finger issue named Adam Miller. And this guy, you know, he's an A-ball double-A and just crushing people. I mean, it's seven innings, it's 10 strikeouts, two hits, through strikes. Wasn't yeah. wild, like, yeah. you know, could command the baseball. But kept getting hurt and couldn't couldn't get healthy and, and didn't have the career. I mean, I don't think he ever got even got to Triple A. Yeah. But you asked me who some of the best guys I played with, I played against. Adam Miller's on that list. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. And and that's but that's like you said that's part of the that's part of the washout cycle. It's like you would think, you know, it's it's just the talent, but it's not. It's the mental side. It's luck with injuries. It's luck with being on the right team. Like if, you know, if you have Jeter or Brooks Robinson in front of you. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, no, yeah, it's crazy. There's a lot involved, but um, you know, I wouldn't obviously trade those years for anything. No, they right. prepped you for everything. Everything yeah. I've ever done, I learned how to do that. <laughs> well, I go back to you're 0 for 20 in pro ball. I'm over 32. Over so. yeah, over 32. It gets no worse. Like the rest of life, barring <laughs> catastrophe. There's never yeah. going to be a worse time than feeling 0 for 32. Or for me, it's like can't get it out in the Texas League. Yeah. It's like. Just the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. I, I remember in in, in rookie league in, in the Oppie league, they had a guy. The Salem Pirates had a guy, Richie Zisk, who later became an all-star mm -hmm. power hitter for the yeah. Pirates. Yeah. But now it's in rookie league. He's probably yeah. like nineteen years yeah, old. Yeah, exactly. And he went from hitting three fifty to two fifty. It didn't matter because he went up anyway. And he hit this screaming line drive. He was over for 30. Yeah. Screaming line drive to left center. I mean, just... And Donnie Baylor, who was like 18 or 17, right out of Austin, Texas, who yeah. turned down a full ride to play football at UT. Oh, wow. Okay. To play baseball. That. Yeah. And he was like, built like this Greek god. He flew... I mean, he was a yeah. great guy. Yeah. The late Donnie Baylor. Love Donnie. Yeah. He's streaking through this night sky... The night, the night, well, bad lighting, and he reaches out and he barehands this ball just for hits the ground. He caught it barehanded to make him now over thirty two. Oh my one. gosh! This <laughs> went nuts. He just went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you can handle that, yeah, most of life becomes yeah. pretty easy. It's so. gonna get better. It's gonna get worse. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, at what point is Bull Durham kind of in the ether? Like, is is that? Are you thinking about that back then? No, you know? no. I know Bobby Grich says, "Oh, I was always taking notes in the bus." I'm not true. I wasn't. I yeah. was like everybody else. I yeah. was trying to pass time. <laughs> no, I, was, I didn't like the card games. Like, I went to movies. Okay. Yeah. I went to movies every day on the road just to get out of the damn hotel and into a better air conditioning. Yeah, yeah, right. And I go to any I go to any movie. Yeah. Whatever rating, G to yeah. X. Yeah. It, was, it got me from one to three thirty. Yeah, exactly. And you try to get a couple guys to go with you so you can share the cab ride to the ballpark. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That was my my only life. Not bad. No, no, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's better than most. And. Uh, and, and I was falling in love with movies without knowing it. I mean, years later, I just thought, let me try that. Yeah. So I was not planning to make movies. I was trying to figure out how to lay off the low and away slider. Yeah. That's what I was trying to figure out. <laughs> you know, years later, I... Um, because people would say, why'd you get out of baseball? And I would always joke, the low and away slider. Because I mean, yeah. it gets a laugh among baseball guys. But yeah. 
it was other things. But uh, I was I met with the great Eric Davis, and Eric Davis would have been a Hall of Famer, except he's one of those guys that kept getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, he his skill level. Oh yeah, crazy. Few, first yeah. few years of the yeah. majors yeah. were you know. I'd rather have him out there than DiMaggio. I mean, he was that Yeah, he was good. good. Yeah, crazy good. And kept getting hurt. And so we were at a boxing event, because I used to go to the fights all the time. And I, we were chatting, and I got to know him. And I said, so, uh, and I made that joke, blowing away slider. And he yeah. said, you know, I got to the big leagues, and I, I, that, was, that was killing me. And so we went to Pittsburgh for the first time. And then 3 in the afternoon, I'm warming up. And I see Wilbur Stargell, who was course known as Pops and he was yeah. like the godfather to the black players yeah and my teammate said you can talk to Pops he's yeah. the other team so he goes over and he says hello Mr. Starjo my name is Eric Davis I play and he's like, I know all about you young man yeah. doing fine <laughs> and Eric says, I have, I have can I ask you a question he says how do you hit the slider <laughs> and Starjo says you he says, you don't miss the fastball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I right. thought, God, I wish somebody would have told me that. <laughs> I know. So good, I know. And then yeah. You basically, you don't swing at it unless it's a really bad slider. Yeah, yeah exactly, because you got no chance. A good slider's a ball, <laughs> yeah. or it just catches a touch and you can't hit it. Yeah, anymore. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're tapping it to the pitcher, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. Don't miss the fastball. No, don't miss the fastball. And guess. There's two things. There I wish I, somebody would have told me this. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking that to practice today. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, guess and do not miss the fastball. But seriously though, I mean, yeah, yeah like like you said, a, a, a well executed slider is unhittable. It's yeah. just, I mean, that's why it's thrown. Yeah. No, it's all right. So you're you're finishing up. How, how does your how does your baseball career end? Well, we we had this great season where we won the pennant and then the Governor's Cup. You know, we have to beat all the other teams. Yeah. And then we played the American Association champion Denver Bears. It was like a year before the Colorado Rockies went in. Okay. And they used to call it the Junior World Series. I don't know if they do it anymore. It's the yeah. two triple yeah, I think it's, it's now, it's still the Governor's Cup because actually when I was with Buffalo, yeah. 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 Anyway, so the champion of the International League played the played champion of the American Association and we won. And then in the winter, um, I actually got traded, which I wanted, because when Gritch went up, I go, oh. Yeah. And I got traded to Detroit, which was Toledo, AAA, the Mud Hens, where I'd played. Yeah. Um, and, and I wondered, why did Detroit want me? And I remembered I just killed the ball against Toledo in a series. <laughs> yeah. So their scouts were there. And yeah, said, exactly. Who's this guy? Yeah. So, uh, and you know, I was married and had a child, baby at the time, and, and it was it was simply time not to move to Toledo. Yeah. You know, in my life, I was 25, but when you're 25 then, you think you're 50. Yeah, it's different, different, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I went back to school, to be okay. honest. Nice. And I just walked away, and you know, I got called, Bobby called, another player said, you gotta keep going, and, and I, I thought about it hard, it was just, I got to turn and walk away, and when I walked away, I didn't even look at baseball for a while. It was yeah. like I don't want to think needed about a break. It. Yeah. yeah, I'm either going to be all in or I can't deal with because all my friends are playing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then I followed my friends, many of whom had big league careers, and occasionally they'd come to town and call, and I'd go to a game and we'd go drink, and that was fun. yeah. But uh, uh, Gritch was a little different because he was from Long Beach, and so and then he ended up with the Angels, so it was easy to stay in touch with yeah and it's so interesting because you know very similar thought of like you, you see guys that you felt you were on par with and they have 10-year big league careers and you're like man like and, and obviously like i did not deserve a 10-year career I, I struggled when i need to pitch well but the point is you, you think about this alternate universe of like if a couple things would have happened maybe i'm there you know maybe yeah that's or maybe if i'd have focused on that differently i worked on that or, yeah i mean there were so many things when i played you weren't allowed to lift weights Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, they thought it made you too tight. Too tight, yeah, yeah. And then my last year or something, this Nautilus thing came out, which, was, <laughs> uh, which wasn't dead lifting. Yeah. And Gritch went from hitting no home runs to 38. I mean, it was unbelievable. Oh, wow. Oh, I mean, he had no home runs in the Texas League. Oh, wow. And, and he had 38 in Rochester. Yeah, that's, that's and, insane. But everybody, I remember major league guys were going from 5 to yeah. 30. And uh, so weightlifting would have been one thing. Uh, I think <coughs> um, 
just different focus. I don't, I always dream that I would like to sit, sit me down to the Puerto Rican League or the Mexican League <laughs> to win a ball. I'll pay my way. Yeah. Because I want to try some things. I don't want the owner to freak out if I'm hitting 050 for the first yeah, two exactly, weeks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm playing for free. I'm going to win games with my glove yeah. in, in other ways. But I want to try some things that I can't afford to try. No. You know, you can't, you I can't want to try that. some things where I stand on the plate, the yeah. way I did in college. Yeah. Or I want to stand some things where I choke up and move up in the box. I yeah. want to. I don't know. I just want to mess around without. Yeah. No, I agree. Record forever. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. And if you're if you're hitting 050, I mean, you're you're done. You're gone. You're you gone. can't you can't do that. Like it's such a performance based situation yeah. where. But you, you know, can hit 050 and then 500 if you suddenly dial into. For sure. Because, you know, there's a lot of hitters. You don't see anybody choke up and slap it around anymore. No. no. Nobody. Nobody, I know. I mean, the last guy to do that was Tony Gwynn, one of the greatest hitters of all time. Of course, yeah. He didn't choke up. He used a 31-inch bat, I think. Yeah, 30, 32. I mean, 32. Yeah, yeah. 31. I mean, yeah. that's like choking up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right. We used 35-inch bats. Well, and the How stupid. And then Bonds is the same way. Bonds, yeah. 34, and he'd choke up to where it was like 32. Curtis Seager chokes up an inch and a half. Yeah, yeah. So... There's stuff to try without being on the clock would have been fun, but yeah. you know, it was time to move on. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> I know the feeling, man. And it, was it painful at all? I mean, tough to believe. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. a little bit. To, it was painful. Yeah, yeah. That's why I just had to. I had to put, turn my back on it for a while. And yeah. in a certain way, years later, what is it? Fifteen years. I mean, I didn't even know I was going to be writing or in movies, but that evolved. I went to graduate school at Arizona. Uh, in visual arts and moved back to LA. Okay. Uh, Southern California, which was even Santa Barbara, where I grew up, I was, I consider myself Southern California because, as you know, in high school we played all over and in college yep. and in tournaments. I mean, from San, from Santa Maria to San Diego. For sure. Yeah. You know, and throw in Fresno and Bakersfield <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Exactly. You know. Yeah, I know. Uh, and there's like a trillion. High schools and colleges. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. The really leagues is. and everything. And so trillion players too yeah. that you're competing against. Yeah. But uh, so I came back here, and and that led gradually, and that's another story. But took me writing at night while I was doing a lot of blue collar jobs. Um, I mean, digging ditches, actually, oh, wow. metaphorically. Yeah. And, and I started painting houses and <laughs> doing yeah. things like that, and. One day I sold something and I thought, wow, I mean, you can get paid to do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that led to a writing career, which led to a directing career. Yeah. And then um, what happened was I I'd had two movies made uh, that I didn't direct, but I was on the set and I thought, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I, I, this, is, this fits me, this process, working with actors and players. It's very much... There's something very athletic about it, to mm -hmm. be honest. There's okay. a lot of prep, and then the game is on. <laughs> and it's performance. And the performance, and the clock is running, and then you go home and you figure out what you did. Yeah. you got to do it again. Okay. Except it's not 7 o'clock game, it's 5.30 in the morning game. Yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like that, and I like working with people like that. And so I said... The only way I'm going to get a movie made as a director is if I write it, a script that people like and it's a subject that nobody can say that it, it, nobody can say they know more about it than I do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you lived it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like Oliver Stone wrote Platoon. He lived it. Yeah, exactly. And that made his career. For sure. You, you know, and I read Platoon way back then, and it was like, it's a great script. Like, wow, this was written by somebody inside yeah. in the trenches, not, you know. So I thought, okay, and, I, and that led me to write the script, and it's a, kind of a miracle that it got made. <coughs> and it got made, I, at first I was thinking of Kurt Russell for it, but he was unavailable because he played some baseball in the minors. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I'd finished it, uh, people were telling me about Kevin Costner who had played high school ball, and he went to Cal State Florida. I don't think he made the team, but he became friends with Argy Garrido. Yeah. And he's a real athlete. Kevin's yeah. a good athlete. Most actors think they're athletes. Yeah, no, he, he you can tell. Isn't. Yeah, he, I mean, swing he, looks good. He hit two out. You can't tell on camera. He hit yeah. two out. Okay. And he yeah. threw guys out. We'd have guys running on him. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, that's great. So um, Kevin got behind the script, and that's how it got made. It, uh, 
it barely got made because people were afraid of baseball and it's not a foreign doesn't sell foreign very well baseball but Kevin really helped get that thing made yeah yeah no, that makes sense yeah the you know just just knowing the the scene that stuck out to me and this probably says a lot about my career sadly but when crash gets released at the end and i and i loved that because there's two things the way it was shot is awesome because you, you see like the aimless stare because i know that stare i've been that stare yeah. twice and and the other thing and just how it like baseball isn't really fair sometimes no, you know true. the guy's kicking butt you know, has yeah. done his part to bring Nuke up to the big leagues, and now it's like, hey, thanks for your service. Yeah. You can move along now. And it's just, God, like, that scene to me grabbed me because it's like, A, I've been there as the guy being released in that thousand yard stare, and B, you just know how unfair the game is. And, and he doesn't say anything. He knows. No, no he, he knows, knows yeah, the game. Yes, is that. he knows the game. He just and nods and he walks, and we see him in a bar later, and then yeah. he walks the street. Now, Unlike when you got released, he had Susan Sarandon waiting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much different. I was my release. My first release story is I get released by the Rockies. By you know, didn't have the greatest relationship with the guy who released me, and I'm I literally you know have a similar moment where I'm like thousand yard stare. I, I'm thinking to myself, is this it? You know, am I am I done? And even if I get a chance again, am I am I done? Walk down the stairs, old Tulsa Driller Stadium, the old one. All the way, I'm staring out at the field, and literally, I hear screaming from the distance, "Where'd that guy go? Where'd that guy go?" And it's uh, the manager's yelling, thinking like maybe having to grab paperwork and sign something, right? But just the couldn't care less about me. Like just just move on from this guy as quick as possible, and that's the game. The game will move on from you, and like this. Yes. And as much as you think it's important, like you're important part of it. You know, it just, just keeps moving. Yeah. That, when I was in Bluefield, like the second day after I made the team, you know, there was a guy, one of the three nails in our locker, guy gets called out of the Billy's office. And he comes back and he's like in tears. He's been released. And, yeah. and he packs up and everybody's looking around like, whoa. Yeah. It's the first time we've seen this For right sure. in front yeah. of us, this yeah. execution, public yeah, execution. <laughs> And as soon as he leaves, some guys say, man, that's cold-blooded, that's cold-blooded. And the other guy, the other nail in my locker room guy, mm -hmm. says, would you rather be you or him? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. And about two weeks later, that guy was gone. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I was the only guy left in my locker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's cold-blooded. It's cold-blooded. And that scene when Crash gets released, I'm glad it moved you because it was supposed to. But it's set up early in the movie when the other guy gets released who's trying to get chicken bone crosses on his back yeah yeah and you know and he's pleading i hit the ball hard and yeah you know I, i'm almost out of this slump I and know. all that which we also recognize yeah. yeah but i was setting up so that when crash says that he knows he's wiser he's yeah. you know he says nothing no no i know yeah because because again he is he's brought up in the game he gets it and i think the other one that really stood out was got to be one of the best character intros ever crash and nuke it's like hit me i'm five feet away with the ball misses him ball four i yeah. mean just perfect line and then and then he decks him and then at the end you know when nuke hits crash because crash yeah. is drunk of course yeah and he all oh, crash he's still the teacher which hand did you hit me with yeah just never hit a guy with your pitch. Yeah. never hit a drunk with your pitching yeah, hand. that's so good <laughs> and the, the other thing i loved is you know you, you Crash's buddy, who he's playing pool with the place, and you know, hit 376, yeah. not 371. Yeah. You know, like again, you're hit, you hit 305 instead yeah. of 300. Yeah. You're going to tell me, no, I hit 305. I didn't I hit 300. Right. I know yeah, what I hit, and I know the low ones, and I know the high ones. Yeah, ex exactly. And, and the other side of that is too is like, you know, guy that can hit 376 is now owning a pool hall. And it's yeah. just you know the game. There's so much glamour that we see on TV, but there's so many great players that are now just just doing normal stuff. It just you know living living life. Yeah, a lot of them didn't even get to the pension. Yeah. I mean, because the pension is, I think, four years or five in the majors. And five and then ten, I think, is the full one. Yeah, yeah and that's every day on a roster for the equivalent of five years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not that many guys get that. No, no, it's it's hard. Yeah. And the guys that do don't need the pension. No, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they got paid. <laughs> when did you turn on turn from Ron Shelton, the baseball player, to Ron Shelton, the director? Well, it was a, a transition. First, it was Ron Shelton, the what the hell are you going to do with your life now guy. <laughs> uh, and that evolved into a, a aspiring writer. Okay. 
Um, and so the thought that I might be able to make a living as a screenwriter was a dream. Yeah. But I didn't, nobody knew I played baseball. In graduate oh, school or in my neighbors or my new friends, nobody knew I had this baseball life behind me. I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and because the walking away was painful. Yep. And because, you know, people in your hometown think you, you're a failure. Yeah, no, I know God. that feeling. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? I played AAA with the Rochester Red Wings. We won the thing. Hey, Bobby Gritch in front of me. What do you I'm, want? I'm now in the Rochester Red Wing Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay? That means a lot to me. Yeah. I've got oh, a bobblehead, goddammit. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that's... a bobblehead, and one half is a baseball player, and the other half is a film director. I love that. I need to go find that. It's a two-site. You can get on eBay, but I'll give you one next time I see you. Okay, deal. I have a nice, fresh box. In the... Beautiful. Uh, so, I, I, I didn't, even when I... When I wrote a movie called Under Fire, which I didn't direct, I did second unit directing on it, okay. which is a very political movie about the, the war in, uh, in Nicaragua. And uh, it, it got written up, great review in The New Yorker from Pauline Kael, who was the world's toughest critic, and she loved it. And there's a baseball reference in it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Be but because, and this really is getting into the weeds, but it, it's relevant, the when I went down to Nicaragua two years after the revolution with a bunch of news guys who covered the revolution down there, they took me to the city of Lyon, and in the city of Lyon, there was a big church, cathedral in the middle of town, and and there was bullet holes all up in one of the guard, the towers, the church towers. Okay. And they said, well, when LaGuardia, which was Somoza's bad guy army, was here, the rebels went, and they had the snipers up there. and. Uh -huh. And the, and the rebels went and got a local 18-year-old kid who was the best pitcher in Lyon. And he didn't really have any political views, except he knew that the bad guys were in the tower. Yeah. And they got him up, they snug him up the back into the other tower, and he threw hand grenades like a pitcher and blew up the guys. <laughs> oh, wow. So I put that in. Yeah. And I thought, this seems like a Hollywood scene, but yeah, it happened. It, it's, yeah. And then I realized, and then that kid gets killed by a sniper. But then I started realizing, wait a minute, Dennis Martinez is from Nicaragua. Yeah, he's one right, of the yeah. great pitchers. Yeah, I mean, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He really Look should. Yeah, numbers. yeah. Oh no, it's crazy. And he's a Nicaraguan, and they're baseball crazy. Yeah. So I had that, and then I have this kid talking about Dennis Martinez, and he's shot by a sniper. Oh, jeez. Played by yeah. uh, Ed Harris. Yeah. And the the critic Paul and Kill picked up on that and did some research and discovered I played minor league ball until that time nobody interesting knew it and okay. the fact checker for New Yorker called to say did you play minor league I said yeah you can look it up yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's so uh, the cat was out of the bag and then everybody wanted to talk about baseball. you played baseball yeah so then I thought wow if I'm going to direct a movie why don't I go exercise and face all that experience and and embrace it again because I kind of had not embraced it. Yeah. And that, so the movie was my re-embrace of it. Yeah. And saying, yeah, that was me and there's a lot to celebrate here. W was it cathartic doing Bull oh, Durham? Yeah, yeah, yeah I Huge, can imagine. Hugely yeah. cathartic. Yeah. <coughs> and telling them the stories that we're telling now. Yeah. Because, obviously, I don't live in the past. I, I you know, I, I'm not one of those guys that, uh, let me tell you my war stories. <laughs> but if I find another old soldier, I'll share. Yeah, them with yeah you. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, I know. That's that's the deal. That's, and, uh, I mean, was there a basis for Crash, or was there a basis for for Annie, or people that you know, kind of along the way? Every character, I think, is a, a combination of a lot of characters plus imagination. Crash. There was a lot of guys I'd met who I had great respect for who were gonna who had a cup of coffee in the big leagues and because you know like Mike Ferraro Mike Ferraro's not crash but yeah. there's a lot of Mike Ferraro's out there yeah. who uh, who who never really got the chance at the time or yeah. they were in the wrong organization yeah wrong, yeah, wrong place wrong time whatever yeah I mean what if Max Muncy didn't get picked up by the Dodgers he'd been released how about Justin Turner yeah. he'd been released by the Mets, yeah. who were terrible. No, I know. He got signed out of a Cal State Fullerton alumni game. Did oh, you know I didn't that? know that. No, I did not yeah. know that. Oh, wow. 
He was back playing. He's had a job. <laughs> oh my God. And the and the third base coach, uh, the, the Dodger organization guy, used to play at Kelsey for. He was a great major league third baseman. What's his name? Anyway, he was at the Tim game. Wallach. Yeah, yeah. Wallach okay. saw yeah. him and he called the Dodgers. You got to look at this guy. He yeah, just, looks great. Yeah. Still so he had two eighty when the Mets. Why did the Mets release him at two eighty? No, I don't even get me started. Anyway, so the crash is is the guy who kind of loves something more than it loves him back yeah and i think we all know that feeling <laughs> and that could be a person it could be an occupation it could be anything um so and he's different from the other players yeah but he's also exactly like the other player yeah and he loves the other players yeah. and he doesn't want to be there and he's loving it anyway yeah uh you know any uh the idea of Annie, I had my whole life, and she's, she's a little bit of a combination of women that had nothing to do with baseball. But I remember in AAA, there was a woman who uh, was kind of the veteran woman who all the players know, and, and she'd kind of pick out one guy a year. Yeah. But in AAA, it'd be more like a veteran. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, the, not the young guy. Yeah, yeah. She, was a, she was the head of the, what we used to call the Stews Union, the flight attendants. The stewardess, okay. uh, but she was based in Rochester, and so okay. she—I mean, she knew she could fix flights. She could, you yeah. Know, so she yeah. was. There was a little bit of Annie in her, and then there was a woman in Stockton who was like a, not Annie's age, but she was college grad, and most of the players weren't. And she 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 had a guy here who was usually the college guy, usually a more sophisticated player, and she would also babysit the handful of kids. Yeah. The babies they were. Yeah. So Annie came out of a lot of stuff and just kind of imagination. Yeah, I love nuke it. Nuke is everywhere. There's nuke collisions oh, sh- every. <laughs> There's a million nukes. <laughs> They're all over the minor leagues right now as yeah. we speak. Yeah. Oh, especially the Porsche. Yeah. And camp. The, the other classic, playing guitar and you can't play the instrument. Like, there's so many of those guys running around in pro ball. And they don't know the words, they don't know the chords. Exactly, nothing. But they, they, they got a guitar and they think they're an artist. It's, yeah. oh, God, I love it. I was probably that guy at one point myself, <laughs> but, but not with the arm. So. You know, I walked away from baseball, and once I started, um, once I got a movie off the ground 15 years later to direct, uh, I, I could call myself a director, but I hadn't really thought of myself as a ball player or even ex-ball player until Bull Durham. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, I didn't even watch World Series games. Oh, Durham. really? Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's not, like, a lot of the people we've talked to, same thing. Like, they need, need like, a two-year break. Like, yeah. I, I was like that. I, yeah. The only thing I would watch was Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. The, <laughs> the only thing that kind of piqued my interest, you yeah. know, being a lefty and... Yeah. Not nearly anywhere near the stuff, but you know, it's just there was that connection. I think the Kofax thing too, because that was my dad's favorite pitcher growing up, and so that was this one thing we shared. It was like, okay, Kershaw's on the mound, so yeah. I'm watching that one. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was nothing for a well, couple of years. Nuke was supposed to be a lefty, but I couldn't find one. <laughs> yeah. He's a perfect lefty. Yeah, I know. Really is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The personality is spot on. <laughs> All the weird stuff, and I think the other thing I loved is, you, like, breathing out of your eyelids and all the weird stuff, like you do anything not to think about the game. Like, yeah. cause the game will just wear you down mentally. And yeah. just, if you can create I, something else. In Tim Cup, I did the same thing where yeah. Cheech says, take the take the change out of your left pocket, put it in your yeah. right pocket, put the golf tee over your right, <laughs> and turn the, yeah, you're not thinking about anything, yeah. hit the ball. In, in the streak side too, right? Like yeah. if, if you think you're winning, because you're not sleeping yeah. with somebody, yeah. well, you are going to keep, go- it's sad. I'm a high school baseball coach, it should not, be that big of a deal but i have like this two-hour routine drives my wife nuts because like our baby got to be back at this time because i got to go do my run i got to go to the beach and do this and that it's high school baseball like and i'm not playing i'm just managing yeah it's ridiculous but that's baseball yeah but you need those yeah because it's nothing but an unknown and you know the the game is an unknown you don't know what's going to happen yeah you really don't and you need you know i mean who was uh who was the great left uh, left hand hitter for the Red Sox? He had three out three thousand hits and he quit. He's in the Hall of Fame. You know the Yastrzemski? No, the oh, I just bad on forgetting names away. Old age uh, Hall of Fame, three thousand hits, left handed hitter, great kind of a Mattingly kind of swing. Boom. Uh, um, anyway, but he he had that routine. I can't wait not to think of his name. Uh, outfielder, right? Uh, yeah, or third baseman. Okay, I'm. I'm anyway. 
but he would eat chicken. Oh, Wade Boggs. Wade, Wade Boggs. Boggs. Yeah, 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 Wade Boggs. He yeah. had seven recipes for chicken or something, and he did <laughs> every Monday, every, every, and he took him. He was like the guy in uh, in the famous book Phineas Fogg in uh, 180 around the world in 80 days. He would take the same number of steps oh, from yeah. the car to the locker to the thing every day, and he had to like be in his seat at you know yeah. 156 oh, or whatever. I mean, absolute obsessive it's, compulsive. I know it's sad, <laughs> but he hit the shit out of the he ball. Did. He got three thousand hits. <laughs> like, must have done something, right? Yeah. Gosh. But the routine. There is a, yeah. a ball player needs a routine. I do well, believe that. It's like you said. It's everything's unknown. It's the one thing you can control. Yeah. Is your routine, and then yeah. once the ball, you know, once the ball's pitched, or as a pitcher, once it leaves your hands, totally out of your out of your control. Yeah. Well, that's what I try to teach my son is you got to figure out what you can control. What you can control is what you don't swing at. Yeah. I mean, you can eliminate, for the most part, except for bad calls or a rare pitch, swinging at pitches you shouldn't. Yeah. Because there's only a few bad ball hitters out there. Yeah, no, I know. And you bring up Max Muncy, that's his greatest yeah. attribute, right? So, okay, take that out. Now, figure out what's your strike zone. Yeah. On a high fast, can you hit the high, little high fastball? If you can't, lay off it. Yeah. And hope you get the stride through it and get the call. Okay, yeah. so you just reduce the strike zone. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you control that. Yes. For instance. Yeah. And um, you get a fastball first pitch, and it's in the zone, hit it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's the best one you're going to get, possibly. What do you not want? You don't want to be 0-2. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you don't want to be in slider count. Yeah. And... Uh, and you can control the bat weight, the bat length, where you hold it. And yeah. there's a lot of things you can't control. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot you can't, which yeah. is Trevor Bauer's stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so did you get a lot of um, reception from old teammates? You know, fans all of a sudden when Bull Durham came out. I did. I heard from guys, which I I, I really was happy to do. Yeah. Um, there's a pitcher named Billy Kirkpatrick, who was known as Willie K, who was from Cal Berkeley, the least Cal Berkeley type guy ever I played against five I played with five years in the minors including I think he won a zillion games in Rochester and I get a call from the blue and he says Shelly great fucking flick and I call the studio I said can we put that on the ads great fucking flick Willie K because that meant as much to me as Pauline for Kittle, sure right yeah, yeah exactly and so uh, look and I was just happy the movie was successful because it would mean I could work again yeah. honestly I mean, you know, if you hit 300, you know you're going to yeah. have another season. If you hit 200, you know. Yeah, so no, I know. To me, it was practical. Okay, I can make a movie again. Yeah. And um, the problem is, then I got it. I, I, to this day, I get sent every baseball script in the world. Like, don't you think I'm going to write my own if yeah, I'm going to yeah, do a exactly, baseball movie? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not doing yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you, get, you, then you get known as the sports guy. Yeah. And I'm happy to do sports movies because I think there's so much to explore in all the sports, the human drama behind them. Yep. You know, it's not about the final score usually. It's about everything yeah. else. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, but sports movies are tricky because they need that foreign market. And, you know, I, I can't do the soccer movie. I don't know soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Americans don't go to soccer movies anyway. No, no, so, no. Yeah, yeah. You would, wouldn't be good here. So it's golf, baseball, basketball, yeah. maybe a little football. So... Uh, but I have interest way beyond way beyond sports. But it sort of links us. It connects us. Sports. Yeah. You know? I mean, you think of all the parents in the from t-ball on and high school and little league and you know, and then people gathering around a TV to watch the Dodgers yeah, or whoever. Exactly. And, um, so there is a connective tissue element to sports as theater. Yeah. And, and now I I I. I you know, well, before I get on to now, the, so the movie changed my life in the fact that it was successful and I could work again. Yeah, yeah. That's the main thing. Just like it. I've been trying, though, for 30 years to get another baseball movie off the ground and can't. So yeah. it's still hard to get baseball movies made. Yeah. That's my Latin one. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I want to see Especially, it. Especially, well, I'm going to call you guys and I need somebody to give me some of this analytic spins. I mean, I, I got you. You got it? Okay. Oh, I'm. Just, I'm dialed in right now. I want him to be so. My kid loves the analytics, by the way, yeah. which I like. But uh, I want the pitcher version of it because that's the really nutty stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's in again the direction of the game now. If you don't have that, they, yeah. they don't even like listen yeah. to you. They don't take you seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so so truth be told, I've, I've had a couple of interviews with some pro ball teams, and the first question is how comfortable are you with Rapsodo analytics, yeah. TrackMan, things of that nature, yeah. and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Like, and if you if your answer is I don't get it or I'm I don't believe in it. I mean, they might as well just hang up the phone. Like, yeah, but 10 years ago, they would think Trevor's a Met. For sure. For sure. I mean, gosh, six years ago, it felt like. I mean, yeah. I th- he was semi, I don't know about outcast is the right word, but he was the guy that was like, oh, don't do what he's doing. He's, yeah. he's doing the weird stuff. And now, like, you look in a bullpen and guys got the shake weights and they got the armbands. And I mean, you, you can't go a minute without yeah. seeing that stuff. No, when I show up to drop my kid off at his baseball pick, there's two pitchers. I, every day I see them, they're throwing the heavy balls into the side of a yeah. wall because yeah, exactly. they're on their knees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. That's our team, too. <laughs> God, it sounds like the same practice. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, yeah. So that, that was the, the real legacy as I got to make movies. And yeah. then I was a director um, and can tell these stories. But the, the, uh, I forgot I was going to ask a question about... oh. I'm, you know, I've been asked a lot lately. In fact, I'm doing a, occasionally I do a class at USC, which is now by virtual. But yeah, and the, the one of them is about American, uh, you know, uh, sports and mythology and and business and media and all of that. And sometimes they'll show my movie or another movie. And the whole issue of, of the mental health aspects is coming up big because oh, yeah. you know Tom Verducci wrote a. Interesting piece, yep. but Ryan Sheriff yep. a really interesting story. Sheriff, mm-hmm. nine years in the minors. Yeah, for and this he, moment, and he makes it, and he says, "Can't do it. Can't do it." Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. By the way, oh I yeah, mean, of course, it wasn't my choice, but I get the choice. And, and, and the the teacher at SC, if he called me last week, oh, we have coffee all the time, and he says, "In your day, were there people that you thought needed mental guidance?" I said, first of all, it was there wasn't even." Non-sports people didn't go to therapists in my yeah, day. Yeah. I mean, that was just, just got, got it yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't an issue, uh, and we didn't even have a trainer to yeah. way. So yeah. much less a head coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I said it is real because the pressure of these, you know, too much pressure is put on the kids by their parents early, and then the peer pressure is huge. Yep. You know, I remember in fifth grade, my I heard the kids in my fifth in my son's fifth grade class talking about college. And, Stop it! Yeah. Stop it! Go play. Yeah. Go be a kid. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, so, but I do think the pressure, and then the media, which has both made sports people possible to make a lot of money in it, uh, and is good because it connects us, is also adds pressure because every kid thinks that he's going to be. Trevor Bauer, Bellinger, yeah. or yep. whatever, yep. and um, and that and that does create a need for you know mental coaching and counseling yeah. and sports therapy. Uh, um, but the analytics, you know, it's also interesting analytics. You watch the pro golfers warming up now; it's all analytics. Yeah, I know. The guy doesn't walk out there with his clubs; he walks all his electrical equipment. Yeah. He's got his rap soda for golf. Angle yeah, yeah, launch angle and yeah. all that. Yeah, if your spin is clean, like all yeah. that stuff, what the adjusted, uh, yeah. you know, length is—it's crazy. Yeah, that's 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 where we're at right now. But you, I thought you hit something interesting on mental health. Is that you know, it, guys, now like now you could, my time, you could fail, and and you kind of cruised off in the sunset, and you know there was there was definitely. An adjustment period but now it's like it's on social media everything's on social media yeah. it's like you know you know you have kids that if they're not committing by their junior year they think they're behind and yeah. if they're not you know getting a full ride to sc for or ucla for baseball then they're a failure it's just it's just it's, a ton of pressure i would agree no, stop it stop yeah, it i know i, I don't know. like it you're gonna find something somewhere it's gonna be a good fit yeah exactly find a coach you like and a program you like yeah yeah exactly the school you like yeah and have a blast <coughs> and have fun <coughs> that's why I tell him every day when I drop him off yeah he's about to drive and I drive, have to drop him and I said first of all remember the strike zone yeah and have fun yeah you'll never get this time back have fun yeah yeah no I agree that's the one thing I, I wish I did more when I played I was so focused on getting the big leagues I didn't have the fun 
and a little bit in the last year, but I wish I'd had more fun. Well, when you're struggling, it's not fun. And if you're, on a, if you're struggling on a team that's struggling, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been on both where it's just all happened easily and fun. And Yeah. yeah. Uh, those are the guys tend to call me up still. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> the yeah. fun years. Yeah, yeah, the fun years. Yeah, that's uh, when you are when you got a six ERA on a team that won 41 games. Yeah, that's, well, yeah. it's hard to have. A lower when you only win 41. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. we weren't exactly kicking it defensively. What, what team was that? Clearwater. Clearwater. The Florida State League. Yeah. yeah was that was that a, big ballpark? Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Big ballpark. Uh, not great defensive crew behind me in a, in a contact pitcher, yeah. so bad combo. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of doubles and triples and then some homers, too. So I wasn't very good, though. Not wasn't their fault. <laughs> well, yeah. you're a lefty, man. You got a chance. Yeah. So that's what they told me my whole career. Here I am. Okay, so the thing we end with is, in, in kind of the, you know, there's a million of those stories. But so we uh, we do like a best story or you know, good story from your playing days. Something that you look back and you, you know that you would share with friends or family that, that cracks you up to this day. Well, this is this is going to be in the book because it ended up in the movie. But okay. I'll tell you the real story. Of it. Beautiful. Uh, we're playing in Little Rock, okay, in the Texas League. And the problem with the Texas League, at least in those days, was there was almost no days off. Yeah. I mean, forget one a week. It was like one a month. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, that's, played, yeah that's right. I, yeah. I played middle infield. So, you know, you're beat up by the end of the year. And was determined to play every inning and, you know. And we're desperate for, for a day off. So we're, it was raining at 4 in the morning. We're in the hotel in Little Rock. And it's pouring, and we're all saying, God, wouldn't it be great if it rained all day and yeah. night? We could get a day off. And I know that feeling. So we had this idea, and this was four of us playing cards, and two of us were college grads. That's how stupid we were. <laughs> we took a cab out to the ballpark, the old ballpark in Little Rock. Yep. And we climbed the fence in the rain. We told the cabbie to wait. And it was in a tough neighborhood. Yeah. Park. And... And the tarp was on the field and was pouring. We go up there. Well, there's a reason four guys can't remove a tarp on a baseball field. It takes 40 guys or a motor. <laughs> oh, man. It weighs 100 tons. Yeah, exactly. With water on it. Yeah. So we, we failed. We climbed back over. The cab, of course, is long gone. And our ace reliever cut his finger oh, on the gosh. fence. So we walked back in the rain. We get back there at dawn. We're yeah. wiped out. We go to the ballpark the next day. We have to play. We all go over five, and yeah. it's miserable. But the idea stuck. Yeah. Now we're in Amarillo later in the season, and we had this great idea. Again, college guys, <laughs> we, we need a night off. Well, first of all, we should have thought: Do you really want a night off in Amarillo? Oh no, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to do in Amarillo ever, 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 <laughs> ever, and it's a lousy hotel. Yeah. But we were desperate, so. We went out there and flooded the field. Or this is mid-season. Okay. We got a night off in our world. Okay. And we just turned on the sprinklers. Yep. Right? And I go back to the ballpark, and that's where I actually, it turned out it was Max Patkin night, even though we saw Max two or three times a year wherever he went. Yeah. So I had a couple of beers with Max at the bar, nice. which I never forgot. Yeah. He told me his life story. That's awesome. Now it's the end of the season. And the... Uh, somehow that made the sporting news. Didn't say the team. It said somebody, vandals turned on the sprinklers and flooded the field in Amarillo. So we're all going, we made the sporting news. <laughs> but nobody owned up to anything. So now it's the last, it's a, it's, it's, it's a Saturday game and a Sunday double hitter to end the season oh, in Amarillo. Gosh. We're Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah. And we're supposed to have a team that won the league and we're like, battling for fifth place. Yeah. I mean, we're just, it just it was a year that went bad for everybody. And Amarillo, which had a team that sent a lot of guys to the big leagues, Chris Spires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah a pitcher that won 20 games, a guy from SC, and, and Dave Kingman. And, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, so they were I mean, loaded, yeah. But they were like in sixth place. Oh, wow. fifth place. It's like one of those. Yeah. And Amarillo also had a slaughterhouse behind the left field fence and the window was blew in. So oh, gosh. there's been a truck that oh. spilled. And, and so you're playing in this horrible park and the wind's blowing in, which means already you can't hit it out. Yeah, yeah. And you're smelling the dead cattle. Oh, my gosh. And on Saturday, so we say, so 
and we, we, I'm at second base, and the shortstop comes over. I don't know if it was Chris Byers or if it was the second baseman, yeah. Chris Arnold, Chris Byers. And he says, hey, we heard you guys flooded this thing last time. You want to do it again and get out of the double hitter tomorrow? Yeah. And I'm going, like, I don't know anything about it. He said, come on, come on. <laughs> and I said, he said, no, we'll, we'll, we'll join you guys. Yeah. There's a, there's a stupid promotion and <laughs> yeah. we're all, they need the we want to go home. Yeah. So I said, well, I'll put the word out, but I, you know, and I actually didn't go because uh, my father had actually come to town to drive back to the West Coast with me just because he never got to see me play. So, yeah. so I'm just hanging in the, in the bar at the hotel and both teams, the Amarillo Giants and the Dallas-Fort Worth Spurs, a whole bunch of guys met and apparently there were guard dogs on chains. The guy was ready. <laughs> And they snuck in like commandos and turned on the sprinklers, got up on the, there's a, there's a, like a place to sit below the scoreboard. They passed a joint around. Oh, geez. From what they tell me. Yeah. Flooded that, the field was just unplayable. So we show up the next day and the owner says, I don't care, we're playing two anyway. <laughs> they brought in hay and they put hay all over the dirt and the grass. And then they poured gasoline on it and set fire to it. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Then they bring in helicopters. There's an air base there. Yeah. They bring in a helicopter to, for the downdraft somehow to, I don't know what it looked like, apocalypse now. I have a photograph. <laughs> the field is on fire and there's a helicopter there. Oh, my gosh. We played two. I got five hits. Oh, yeah. And got my average back up to from horrible to merely poor. Yeah, yeah. And because we're all just dropping these bunts down, they just plop in the mud. Yeah, and you're running the first. Yeah, and, the, and nobody can move to feel the ground ball. <laughs> oh my God. So that became the flood the field scene in yeah. Boulder. Beautiful, I love it. That's so <laughs> awesome, and I can I can envision it happening. Like yeah. you said, you, you, some days you just need the rain out. <laughs> you need like, the rain out. Oh my gosh! Even in Amarillo. Even in Amarillo. Well, this is awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's an honor, and like I said, just you know legend in both the you know the film world but also the baseball world too so thank you my pleasure yeah good stuff so thanks so much for listening and that was awesome and ron was you know gracious with his time he was thoughtful he was generous i mean he was he was tremendous and and you know for a, a baseball guy i mean that was heaven we're in the kennedy marshall offices. We're talking about Bull Durham, a movie we revere. So when he talks about Crash Davis and the movie, he talks about a guy loving something more than it loves him back. And I think that's just so perfect as a, as an ex-baseball player. I mean, I think we all love the game more than it loves us back. It's a game of failure. It's a game that can rip your heart out and make you want to quit it all the time. But we keep coming back because we love it more than, than just about anything. So I love that part. I also loved, you know, how you know, he'd written a couple scripts and had some success, but he wanted to direct. He wanted to, you know, get take the next step and go from double A AA to triple A, as they say. And and I just, you know, he decided the only way that's going to happen is if I'm the only one that can write and direct this movie. And he did it with Bull Durham. And, you know, he, he took that step and it was kind of like when he mentioned Oliver Stone and Platoon. He's the inside guy that truly understands what that life is like. And it comes out in the movie. So... Um, you know, this was a really exciting day for us. We're so proud to bring it to you. You know, it was something that, uh, you know, we couldn't believe it when he said yes. And But this is also what we want to start doing. We're going to bring a, a wide variety of great guests. You know, we're constantly trying to make this thing better and, and something that, you know, you guys all enjoy and that we're proud of. And, and that's that's the goal right now. And again, we're going to continue to push hard and, and try to bring something that, that we all enjoy. So hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks again. Special episode for all of us. And talk to you soon.